This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Happy New Year! Hey, uh, for those of you who were here for the first time Christmas Eve, welcome back. Uh, my name is Ron. I'm the founding pastor of the church, and that will play a little bit into what I'm going to teach you later today. Uh, I just want to say a special welcome to you. Also, I would want you to know this. Every Sunday at New Life is a life-changing Sunday, even if you're just in town passing through. I can't tell you the number of people over the last 18 or 19 years who have written back to me and who have said, I was only at New Life one Sunday, but it changed my life forever. So I just don't want, yes, isn't that a great thing? So I just don't want you to miss that if that's what God has in store for you. For those of us who come here all the time, you're already wondering what happened to my voice. Um, well, I'd like to know that too. So, um, But I appreciate all the prayers, and we are going to get through the morning. And um, my prayer is that uh, we can get around my voice and that we can actually learn some things today. So if you can just pretend that this is normal then uh, I think we're going to do fine. Are you up for that? Are you up for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Here we go. Uh, For those of you who are brand new, let me bring you up to speed on a couple of tools that we use every Sunday at New Life. And not just for those of you who are new. We all use them, but we use them all the time. So the intro is for you. The first is this card that says start here. Uh, This is really one of the most important things that happens in our church. It's what enables everyone who comes to have direct access to our pastoral staff. So if you have questions, you can write them down. If you have something going on in your life you would like for us to pray about, you can write that down. If uh, you'd like to volunteer for a ministry, you can write that down. If you'd like to sign up for something that we're doing that you, that you read about in the program that you got on the way in, uh, there are places at the bottom where you can sign up for those things. But it all starts with you giving us your name and your contact information so that we can follow up with you, however uh, appropriate that might be. We won't abuse that in any way, so usually at this part of the service, uh, we remind everybody, put your name and email address on there, because uh, we would hate to try to follow up with somebody, and we have no way to get a hold of you. The second tool is this. It's fill-in-the-blank notes uh, that will guide you through what I'm going to teach you today. So let's jump into it. It's a brand new year. And in this year, we're going to be taking a number of journeys through different topics and subjects. And for the first several weeks of this year, we're going to try to take some of the mystery out of what, how you can hear from God. Quite often, I will, I will say, God said to me, and it's not unusual for someone to come up to me after church and ask me, how did you hear that from God? And there seems to be a mystery in that. Let me, let me give you a couple of illustrations. Uh, if you've been watching any of the sports recently on TV, there's a guy by the name of Paul who wears a bright yellow scarf. And he says, hi, my name is Paul, and you probably recognize me as the guy who used to appear in the Verizon commercials asking this question, can you hear me now? And that's, that's the name of our series. 
And I just want you to know it is possible for you and for me to hear from God. I was sitting in the dining room of my home in Honolulu, Hawaii one, one morning. And there were a number of things going on in my life. And one of which was a possible change of ministry. And one of the things that had been going on is God had brought to my attention southern Sonoma County and Marin County, and he had pointed out to me that this area was the most unchurched area or the least churched area of any place in our country. And I remember sitting at, at the dining room table that day, looking out over the top of Diamond Head, out into the Pacific Ocean. And it was not a voice in my head, but there was a message that God gave me in my spirit. And it was really simple. He said, Ron, let's go make a difference. That day changed my life. Actually, that day changed your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear a voice, but I got that message from God. Now fast forward about seven or eight months. Now living in Petaluma, we had our grand opening on February the 1st, 1998, the very next Sunday. Well, I have to tell you that that Sunday, 245 people descended on Sonoma Mountain School, the little multi-purpose room there, and new life started with a bang. So the very next Sunday, there was probably 175 people there. There were a lot of people who had come from other churches just to encourage us on a grand opening. There's about 175 people there. And church was done, and I was visiting with people. And I glanced out the door, and I saw a lady about 15 or 20 feet from her car. And I knew that I had not spoken with her. And I got another message from God. He said, Ron, run out there and talk to that lady before she gets in her car. So I excused myself from the conversation I was in. I ran out to the parking lot. And I got to this lady about the time that she was opening her car door. And I just said, excuse me, ma'am, I'm not really stalking you. But I just wanted to greet you before you left. And I wanted to say, I hope you had a good time this morning. And I hope that you learned something. She told me later, that's the reason she came back. Now what I did not know, which she also told me later, was that this lady had spent her entire adult life as a prostitute on the streets of Honolulu, Hawaii. Now she was not dressed that part. And she was in her early 40s. So she was past the age where that profession would work for her. So what do you do when you're an ex-prostitute in your early 40s and you realize that your life is over now? 
She came to church purely and simply to see if God had anything for her. She didn't know anybody. What neither she nor I knew. Well, the next part of the story is fun. Over the next two or three months, she learned and learned, and she made the decision to follow Christ. And we baptized her. And about two months after that, she got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And two years later, we did her memorial. often pause to think where that lady would be today or what would have happened to her if I hadn't heard that little message from God that said go run her down in the parking lot and don't let her leave until you give her a greeting now some of you know I have run you down in the parking lot as well right (laughs) you know that now you know why I run people down in the parking lot. Because I never know. I said to you earlier, every Sunday at New Life is life-changing. I never know when God will bring someone into our church. And And they need something that only He can give them. But I'm also fully aware that when I tell you stories like that, You can sit out there in the chair and think, by golly, I wish. I mean, if I were only a pastor, I could get that kind of message from God. I heard an interview with Denzel Washington the other day. And he said something in it that I don't think I will ever forget. Because the interviewer was asking him some pretty extraordinary questions. And Denzel looked at him and he said these words. I never forget that I'm an ordinary guy who happens to have an extraordinary job. I want you to know as a pastor, I'm really an ordinary guy who just happens to have an extraordinary job. So yeah, I would agree. There are times, like when I'm sitting at my table in Honolulu and God says, Ron, Let's go make a difference. That's a message more than likely he's going to give to a pastor. So that's job related. But you know something? You could be in the lobby. You could be anywhere. And God could give you a message that says, see that person in the corner? Go say hello to them. You don't have to be a pastor to get that message. But you do have to know how to hear from God. So that's what we're going to try to take some of the mystery out of. I want to point you to one of the saddest passages of Scripture that struck me this way even as a child when my dad and my mom were reading to me the story of a young prophet named Samuel. And in the middle of that story, actually at the beginning of that story, here's where you find this Bible verse. Look what it says. In those days... Messages from the Lord were what? Is that sad? 
I, I mean, to me, that's just completely sad. I can remember as a kid thinking, how hopeless that you would live in a time when God wasn't really speaking. Now, as I got older, you know what I came to understand? I came to understand that God was actually speaking. It's just that no one was listening. In order for a message to work, it not only has to be sent, it has to be received. Most of you have one of these. Hopefully, it's on mute. Okay? But if you were to pull up iHeartRadio, you could turn this little device on and you would find out that there are messages coursing all throughout this auditorium, but right now, no one is receiving them because we're not tuned in. But all you would have to do is tune in your cell phone and you could pick up hundreds of radio stations because the messages are there. But in order for a message to actually work, it has to be received. So one of the things that we're going to work on in this, in this teaching series is how can we tune in I'm not going to teach you that today. That's going to come in, in future sermon series. But I want you to know the principle up front. And that is, God is speaking to you today. I believe that God is continually downloading messages to each one of us. Not, not on rare occasions, daily. It's just that most of the time, we either don't know how to tune in, or we're too busy to tune in. Does that make sense to everybody? And one of the greatest ways to go through life is to go through life with your open sign on to God. That you're open to hear and receive and respond. So we're going to take some of the mystery out of that. Now, there's one place in the Bible where God lays out the actual essence of life. Have you ever wondered why God made you? Well, there's one passage in the Bible that actually lays out the foundational purpose that God made you, and here it is. Paul was speaking to a bunch of people who knew nothing about God, and so here's where he started, right at the foundation. From one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. So you could tell this is back at the beginning, right? God did this so that they would what? Would you underline, seek him? And perhaps reach out for him and find him. Now, if you're not careful, you're going to think, well, this sounds like a cosmic game of hide and seek. And I can tell you right away that God is better at hiding than I am at finding. But that's not what this is about. He goes on to say, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move, and we have our being. And Paul says, even some of your own prophets have said, we are his what? Offspring. I want you to underline the word offspring. Paul is quoting a Greek poet to teach these people an eternal truth. Because here's what the essence of life is. The essence of life is finding God. It's seeking after God. It's finding God and living as his child. Now I have a question for you. If the essence of life 
is you and me living as God's child, does it make any sense to you that God would be a father who never talks to us? No. That would be like the worst father in the world who never talked to his children. That's why I said to you, I believe that God is downloading messages to us every day in many ways. I'm going to talk to you a little bit later in the message about what some of those messages might be. But right up front, our goal in this life is to find God. Now, the fact that Paul uses the word find means that you cannot sit at home in front of your TV and watch football all day on Sunday and expect to find God. Okay? It involves some effort on your part. And if you're going to find anything, you have to put yourself in the place where you are most likely to find it. Correct? That's how we look for anything. And God says, I am well worth finding. And, oh, by the way, I'm not that hard to find. But you do have to put forth some effort. And I would say to you, in this new year, one of the greatest questions you could ask yourself is this. What am I going to do in 2017 that will better connect me with God and grow and develop me spiritually? And I would encourage you, go ponder that question. The answers to that question are not just going to automatically occur in your life. So spend some time with that question. What am I going to do in this year that will intentionally, on the spiritual growth scale, move me up? And then invest in that, whatever it is. I would suggest to you that one of the greatest things you could do is learn how to hear God's voice and respond to it. Because as you do, it will fuel all the other things that are going to take you on that journey. Finding God and living as his child. So, what might that look like for you and me? Well, I think that God makes a promise for us. And here it is. God says in Jeremiah chapter 29, he says this, You will seek me and find me when what? You seek me with all your heart. That's God's promise. There has to be a wholeheartedness to this. And I just want you to enter the year with that, with that verse in mind. And in fact, that might be a great verse for you to memorize as you head into this year. This is God's promise to me. That I will seek him and find him when I seek him with all my heart. And that might be a promise that you could make to God. It's a promise I want to make to God And it's a prayer. I would say to him, God, in this year, here's my promise to you. I will seek you with all of my heart. That's what I want to do in this year. There are three paradigms that come straight to the surface that we're going to have to deal with if we're ever going to hear God's voice. And I believe they're paradigm shifts. Because I think we have sort of default settings that most of us either consciously or subconsciously live with, and they stand in the way of us actually hearing from God and receiving these messages. So let's take a look at these three questions and the paradigm shifts that have to take place. The first one is, where is God when I need him? I wish I had a dollar for every time someone asked me that question as a pastor. 
They're about ready to buy a house. They're about ready to get married. They're about ready to buy a car. They're about ready to take a job. They're about ready to move. They're about ready to do something that's big, and they recognize it. And all of a sudden, they come to me, and they say, Pastor, how do I hear from God? And I, I, I like it that you asked that question, but I'm always disappointed when you look at me and I can't give you a 30-second answer to that question that you can go home and go, there it is. You know, this little thing again. I could hit one button and say, okay, Google, how far is it to Santa Rosa? And it would come back, Santa Rosa is 18 miles away. Okay, Google, who was Albert Schweitzer? Google would come back and tell me who Dr. Albert Schweitzer was. You know what I think? I think most of us would prefer an okay Google God. We want him at the ready. We want him to always have the right answers. We don't necessarily want to interact with him every day, but when we need him, we want him there. Everybody on board with that? I know that's a little uncomfortable, but that's where we live. Most of us. Can I just start by saying, if you want to hear God, here's the first principle that you have to know. God is not my personal virtual assistant. By the way, if you could reduce God to an okay Google God, who would actually be God? Uh, Yes, thank you. We're much more comfortable with us being God, at least in our own life. And God says, no, no. In fact, a few weeks ago, I, I taught on how can one God be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all at the same time. And I taught us that there's a reason why an infinitely powerful God would choose to relate to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that each one of those corresponds to one of the deepest needs in our life. You see, what God does not want to be is your answer man. What he does want to be is three things to you. He wants to be your eternal father. Not your temporary father, your eternal father. Someone that you go through life and you know God is my dad. I'm okay in this day. God's my dad. He's got this. With a father like God, what could possibly come my way that could derail I'll have disappointments, I'll have setbacks, but even as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, God is my father, I will actually never really be in want. No matter what comes my way. But God wants to be more than just your father and your eternal father. God wants to be a fellow human friend. Which was why God came from heaven to earth as Jesus and lived on our earth for 33 years, and went through all the stuff that you and and I go through. 
And God says, when you have a problem in this life and you think no one understands, come and talk to me. I've been there. I'm your fellow human friend. And then, as God the Holy Spirit, I'm your constant advocate or advisor friend. When you're lost and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go and you need advice in this life, God says, never forget that I have chosen to live inside you by my Spirit and I am there to guide you and to be with you. Now, would you rather have an okay Google God or that kind of God? Yeah, that kind of God. And if we're going to hear from God, we have to get him out of the phone in here. Everybody on board with that? Yeah. Because that's what it takes to seek God with all of our hearts. So that's the first thing. When I say, where is God when I need him most? The answer is, you need him every day. And as you learn to seek him every day and receive messages from him in the little things, when you have a big event in your life, you're already used to hearing him. You will not have to run to me and say, Pastor, how do I hear from God? You will have been hearing from him already. The second paradigm shift that has to happen in our life revolves around this question. Doesn't God just want to tell me what to do? I think in many ways we are, we tend to be very juvenile when it comes to God. If you were to interview the average five or six year old and say, what is your parents' job? You know what most of them would probably tell you? To tell me what to do. Because that's what it seems like we're doing all the time. We're just telling them what to do. They completely miss the fact that we're providing for them and we're loving them and we're patching up their owies when they fall down and we're giving them messages of affirmation and all those things and we're training them and we're building into their life values that are going to guide them for the rest of their life. The only thing that sticks in their mind is they tell me when to go to bed. They tell me when it's time to eat. They tell me when it's time to take a nap. They even sometimes tell me when it's time to go to the bathroom. And I think that's how we tend to look at God. Doesn't God just want to tell me what to do? The answer to that is actually no. I think most of the time when we want to hear from God, we want to hear from God when we want a specific direction in our life. And we come to him and we actually ask him to tell us what to do. But God's our eternal Father. I wrote down uh, a bunch of different, of, of different messages that God wants to give to us. I just want to read them to you. Did you know that every day God wants to give you personally, He wants to give you messages of affirmation? He wants to tell you, you are my child, I love you. 
I'm so proud of you. I'm excited about what you're doing in your life. When was the last time you got one of those from him? I'll tell you what, when you get a message of affirmation from God, and you know it came from God, and it's a message of affirmation, it gives you such strength and such fortitude. God wants to give you messages of correction. You know, yeah, I'm really familiar with that. I had a guy in our church, and I love this guy. He said to me this morning, he said, you know, early on in life I realized, in fact, a friend of mine helped me realize, I was a two-by-four kind of guy. That if you wanted to get a message through to me, you had to hit me in the back of the head with a two-by-four. Okay? Can I tell you, don't make God get out the two-by-four. Okay? Long before God reaches for anything like that, He will say to you, Hey, are you sure you want to do that? That's usually how His messages of correction begin. He doesn't cluck His tongue. He doesn't wave His hand, His fist over your head. And so you do that, and you will wish you hadn't. That's not how God's messages of correction begin. They usually begin with a simple question. Are you sure you want to do that? By the way, I believe everyone in this room has heard that message from God before. I also believe everyone in this room has blown right through that message. Are you on board with that? Yeah, we have. We have. I also know that we've all lived to regret that, right? Sure. God wants to give us messages of insight and understanding. Did you know God will help you understand things that you could not understand on your own? And give you insight on what's going on in your life and the lives of people around you. Yeah. He loves to give those messages. He will give you instruction. I told you, God said to me, go catch that lady before she gets in her car. Simple instruction. He wasn't like God just wanted to tell me what to do. He just had a simple instruction. Sometimes he has direction that he wants to give. And he will say, like he said to me, Hey, Ron, let's go make a difference over there in the Bay Area. He also will give messages of comfort and assurance. And by the way, that list just goes on and on. So one of the paradigms we have to change is if we want to hear from God, we have to have our open sign to more than just him telling us what to do, we have to have our open sign on for all those different kinds of messages. And when I learn to hear the message of affirmation, guess what? It makes it easier for me to receive the message of correction. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. There's a third question. And that, and that is, how does God speak? Now, we're going to get into this a lot more in future uh, teachings on this subject. In fact, I have a message coming up in a couple of weeks called uh, Voices in My Head. And that's going to be a fun message. We're going to talk about that a little bit. How do you decipher God's voice from all the other voices out there? But how does God speak? I think 
This is the principle I want us to go home with today. Because it's the foundational principle for everything else we're going to learn. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture, and then I'll give you the principle. Here's the passage of Scripture. This is the prophet Elijah. And Elijah wanted to see God. So God gave him these instructions. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. Now i got to tell you, I've never been in a storm where it blew rocks off mountains, but that had to be terrifying for Elijah, I'm sure. But God was not in the wind, and after the wind, there was an earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake either. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But God was not in the fire. Now, pause right there. Quit reading. Look at me, all right? Because I don't want you to get to the end yet. But this is usually how we expect God to speak. We think, man, it would be great if God just thundered his voice from the heavens and just bellowed it out. My friend, if every message God wanted to give you, he bellowed from the heavens, we would all be wearing earmuffs all day long. Yes. Because we usually expect God to speak to us in some big, bombastic way that sort of knocks us off of our feet, and we go, whew, man, that was God. But that's not in God's nature. Notice next. After the fire... There was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Didn't I tell you that oftentimes God's messages to us begin with a question? Now, Elijah was in the wrong place. If you knew this story, Elijah was in the wrong place. He had just prayed that God would take his life. He was so discouraged, he believed he was the only person alive on the face of the earth who was actually following God. And he had said, God, I'm worthless. Take me out of here. Nobody wants to listen to me anyway. Would you say that's a good space in life or not so good? Not so good, right? And yet God starts with a very simple question. Hey, man, what are you doing here? It didn't come in the wind, and it didn't come in the earthquake, and it didn't come in the fire. If you and I are ever going to hear from God, we have to understand this. Here it is. And that is, how does God speak? He whispers. You know what that means? If you and I are going to hear from God, we have to get into a space where we can hear a whisper. That makes sense? Yeah. There are four ways we can apply this as we close. Number one, I will intentionally quiet my world so I can hear God speak. For some of us, that's right where it needs to end. Yeah. I, this week, I will work on intentionally quieting my world. You got to have a place where you can hear from God. I found out something interesting. I have shared with many of you that the place that I most often hear from God is in the hot tub right behind our house. 
My wife affectionately calls it my think tank. Okay? So that's where I go and I meet with God, right? And, and, and I never, literally never go to the hot tub. But what God doesn't download multiple messages to me. I found out this week we have somebody in our church that hears from God at the food court at Costco. That's where this person goes. And there's all the people passing back and forth. And, and the guy sits there in anonymity. And that's where he hears from God. You know, God bless him. I'll take the hot tub over that. But, you know. I found out we have somebody else in our church that they hear from God at Starbucks. And they have a particular Starbucks that they go to. And they sit and the people are passing and, and all talking. But in the midst of what's going on there, they are able to quiet their spirit. This particular lady said to me, when I try to hear from God at home, my eye goes to, oh, I need to vacuum. Oh, I need to wash that. Oh, that reminds me. But when I go to Starbucks, there's nothing to remind me of anything. Okay? That's where she goes to quiet her world so she can hear from God. So that's the first thing. Got to find that space. Number two, I will converse with God multiple times this week. Notice I said converse, not pray. Because for most of us, prayer means I tell God and I trust Him to go do something. That's not what prayer is. I will converse with God. Number three, making a first-time decision to follow Christ. You know, before you can get regular downloads from God about all this stuff in life, you have to first of all choose to become His child. And that's an opportunity we give people every Sunday at New Life. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a minute if you're ready to make that decision. Well, you can start 2017 making the most important decision of your life, and it opens the door to all the rest of it. And then last of all, for those of you who would like a little bit bigger challenge, but it's a great one, I will read the power of a whisper, hearing God and having the guts to respond, written by... Uh, author Bill Hybels. Some of us have read that book already. Some of us need to go back and reread that book. I can tell you that in that book, if you were to read that book as we work our way through this series, it would, it would help your open sight beyond more and more and more. Such a powerful book, The Power of a Whisper. So there are four ways that you can respond. I trust you to choose one or more. Right now, here's the prayer for those of you who are going to make the decision to follow Christ. Uh, you could just bow your head, say this where you are, and it's the beginning of the journey. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, I accept your invitation to become your child. I acknowledge that you are my eternal Father. From this day forward, I want to live and will choose to live as your child. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to receive me into your family. Amen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.